tried to do. What about Can now? Can you hear Echo when you're speaking? Nope. Oh, yeah. I can't hear myself. Oh, yeah, we good. good. We in there. What's going on, Jay? How are you? Hope all is well. I'm here with Blake Simon, speaker, author, influencer, and someone who believes in pushing the culture forward. Right at the start, Blake, can you break down what pushing the culture forward means to you? Well, yeah. So basically, uh, as someone who uh, who was raised in circumstances and being impacted by uh, drug influences on the, on the culture. I was born in the late eighties. So during that time, it was a, a heavy drug influence, um, in the communities, uh, black communities particularly. So where I was raised at. So, uh, it's a trickle down effect when you look at certain things that have happened over time with a lack of education, uh, with a lack of guidance that also translates into a lack of focus. You know, it, it, it leaves me with an obligation to feed whatever I've learned over the years into the next generation. Yeah. Um, I think it was a gap with my uh, old heads, like I like to put, because the cats that's, I'm 30 years old, going on 31, the cats that's about 38, 39, 40, I feel like they dropped the ball. A lot of those cats was hustling and doing things that were illegal. So they didn't really teach us the things that, was a positive. Um, yeah. The 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 the, the uh, parents and the uncles and the aunts that came before them, you know, they own land. At least in you know, in my family, they own land. They always built their own. They had that mindset to do more, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they were hustlers. So what they taught me was hustling. You know, right. you know I, I grew up fighting, doing different things that wasn't necessarily productive. So I feel an obligation to shift that back to being a person that can feed into the younger generation because that's what they, they need it. They need it in order to really, you know, push our culture forward, period. Right. You know, it's right. a lot of, a lot of people who uh, feed off of the, the hip hop culture, the black culture, and um, it's moving forward, but not with us. Mm-hmm. I want us to be a part of it moving forward. And the only way we can do that is to continue to feed into the next generation of leaders, which is the youth. Yeah, yeah. So that's truly where the passion that comes from. The passion comes from. No, I love that that you um you know you really went deep and just showcased that. We do have the right and the moral obligation to build a bridge for those coming behind us, and that's something I've learned from you as I've gotten to know you over these past months. That pushing the culture forward is something you live every single day. Now. You are an author and you know, you're an author of three books. Is that what most of this writing was about? Showcasing a bridge from where students might find themselves, where individuals might find themselves today to where they could go. And um, next question in the same line is, are you just great at writing and that's why you, you know, you uh, write books and, and, you know, get those books out in the marketplace? Well, yeah, man, it's, it's great to be an author. You know, whenever you go out and you speak or you do uh, events and, and panels and, and different things, it's great for even when, of course, whenever dealing with students and someone introduces you, it's great to hear them introduce you as an author. Mm. But it's a smaller part of the bigger mission. As you go into these schools and um, as you deal with youth, you have to come up with different ways to make an impact on them. At the same time, as a person that's a full-time entrepreneur, you have to be able to monetize it. So mm-hmm. from different aspects, I'm able to monetize using the books. But one thing I've learned, and that was the initial passion, I mean, behind doing the book, 
I got to be able to give this information to students in a different way other than speaking and be able to monetize it. So I came up with the book. But in that, I learned that these students who you typically would think don't like to read, they love to read. Mm. You just have to have them engaged into the product. So I push bringing me in to speak to the schools that buy the books, because once they hear the message, which is the same things I'm talking about in the book, then they'll be more inspired to read the book. Then therefore, they may be more inspired to read something else and just get educated, period. So in creating the books, um, it wasn't necessarily about uh, pushing the culture forward um, in a bigger sense, but I think it has translated into that because I want to use the book to shift the culture forward, mm-hmm. but it's still a small piece. Now, right. as far as like me writing, um, I have a master's degree. I got my master's in counseling in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, in my undergraduate and my graduate program, we had to do a lot of writing. Right. So I had to do a lot of research. And whenever you have to do a lot of writing and research, you have to cite it properly. So you have to understand how to write in a sense. But uh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that I'm super passionate about writing to the point to where I do it every day. Mm-hmm. But when I understand, um, when I get that understanding that, hey, you have to be able to come up with versatile ways to give the information off to students. Like for right. me, I love to watch interviews. So it may be a student that would like to see more of my IG than to read the book. It may be a student who would like to see me speak more than read the book. And it may be a student that would like to read the book more than to hear me speak because they can do it on their own time. Right. So it's right. another way to get the message across. The same things that I talk about in the book, it's the same things that I address when I go speak. Mm-hmm. I may come up with a different story to push a certain point off. But if you hear me talk about know your why, that's in the book. If you hear me talking about trust in the process, that's in the book. If you hear me talking about financial aid, that's in the book. So it's all a, 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 a combination of the total message. Right, right. Yeah. And, I, and I love that. And I love that you're being so strategic about teaching those who bring you in, students, their parents, administrators, educators, that you have, you're an expert in what you do. And that brings us right into our next question because you, you left a very stable and promising career to passionately impact youth and the next generation. You know, and I would love for you to just talk about the mindset and the why, and maybe even a story of when you knew, man, I have to do this. Well, I mean, starting from the, the being a, a young adolescent, in those years, I never envisioned myself working a nine to five job. Mm. like working for somebody. I don't think anyone really grows up, like especially at a younger, younger age, like, hey man, I can't wait to grow up and work for somebody. Mm. I mean, who thinks that? You know, so the mindset as a young athlete, you know, as someone who plays sports, thinking that, okay, if I don't play sports, then what I'm gonna do? I wanna do something that has a similar type of freedom, but the avenue is often not explored because you don't have that focus or you don't really have that guidance, going back to what I was talking about in the first point. So for me, I just never envisioned myself working a nine to five job, but I didn't have a plan. Mm. So it's like you don't envision yourself doing one thing, but then you just don't have a vision. So that's where the ball is dropped. If you're not going to envision yourself doing this, then okay, so what's the vision? Right. That's what I try to talk to them about. And what happened was I sat out a year and a half before I went to college through high school. So my mom passed away, the woman that raised me. My biological parents, they weren't in my life for uh reasons that I spoke about before, dealing with the drugs, mm-hmm. biological mom, still a substance abuser to this day, but they didn't raise me. My biological father didn't raise me. As a result, I got raised by a woman that wasn't 
blood related to me, but she took the task to raise me as a young infant. She mm. was close to the family and she just kind of took me. And in that environment, you can take somebody and it won't be um, disputed because I mean, you're right. kind of taking a responsibility off of someone else's hands. So whenever she passed away when I was 11 years old, I kind of lost focus. So as I transitioned into high school, I kind of got a little bit of that focus back because I had failed off the team in football when I was in the ninth grade. And me being an athlete and playing sports, that was the, the thing that kept me going because I can stay after school, I can play sports, I can hang with my boys. And it kind of got stripped away from me because I lost focus with my grades mm. and I had attitude problems. So I got it together a little bit, but I still didn't think about what was next level after high school. So as a result, sat out for a year and a half before I made the decision to go to Prairie View a and University. So throughout that time, I didn't really focus on what I wanted to do on the next phase of life. And that was really the, 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 the changing point because I realized, okay, I can't keep going through these transitions without focusing on the next point. So when I graduated, I did get a job working in financial aid. Right. But once again, didn't want to work a nine to five job. So eventually, within about two years of working that job, I started to have that 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 mindset shift, like, man, I got to figure out what I can do to get out of here. One of the things that changed that for me was um, I saw one of my boys who graduated with engineering. I saw his check stub said he was making eighty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. I was working in the job where I was putting in so many hours and I was making like thirty three thousand dollars at the time. And I was like, man, I could generate what I'm getting after taxes, maybe if I'm doing something else. But I didn't know exactly what that something else was. And at this time, I started to think about developing a nonprofit organization called The Transition. I just wanted to help students transition because I saw as a person working in financial aid, there's a huge gap. I was at a historically black college and university. And a lot of these parents and students come into that environment without understanding exactly what it requires to be successful. And I was one of them. Um, I had a woman who blessed me when I did my taxes before I went to school. And she helped me with the FAFSA. But overall, parents and students are not privy to the information that will help them make an effective transition. So I said, I want to make this my goal. And what I did was I eventually left the job. And it took me about four years. One of the determining factors that, okay, this is, I got to make this move. I applied for a position that would have gave me an increase in income. And it would have been um, uh, basically a promotion but it was a completely different position in the same office. Mm-hmm. Now I didn't get that job and someone who was more qualified than me on paper, but whenever it came to, and it was a compliance position, when it came to compliance, I was more particular about my work than that person, but they ended up getting it over me. And I think everybody in the office that wasn't a decision maker was like, yeah, you should have got that. But mm-hmm. of course they're not the decision makers. So they didn't make the decision. So he, that really started to get me in the mindset like, hey, you got to do what you got to do because I was four years at a job at the same position and I'm not complacent. Now, for some people, wow. especially the people that came before me, they worked in that same position for 20 years. You know, your financial aid counselor before I got in there and during my time and a little bit before my time, they was 50, 60 years old, had worked in financial aid for 30 years. So they were complacent and they were cool with that. But we not only shifted the culture, but we're shifting the mindset. We want more out of life. So, I mean, I wasn't complacent. Then I remember that check stub always in the back of my mind. Mm. You know, I see, okay, these people out here getting this money um, from going to school and really majoring in something that's going to help you get to the money. Rather, right. rather than me 
just going to college for experience because I was just trying to get out of my environment and I just picked something. Once again, I, I wasn't making an effective transition. So I said, yeah, this is about the time. Now I remember I seen a post and the post was, uh, this was on Instagram and it was like, don't work eight hours out of the day for somebody else and then don't go home and work on yourself. And uh, that post resonated with me because every day when I left the job, I was frustrated and angry mm -hmm. and mad. I was in a drama-filled environment and drama because it's drama with the, with the customer service staff, which was front-end financial aid counselor versus the, admini uh, the administrative staff and, and the decision makers, the directors, and they're not customer service. So you always have your opinion on what should be done but you got someone else making the decisions and then you don't get included mm. and you just have other little drama. And I'm not a drama filled person. And I don't want no parts of drama. So I was in a toxic environment that was putting me in a position to, where I was going home every day, angry, mad, which also uh, translated in my service. So mm. I was dealing with parents and students and I'm passionate about helping students. Right. But every day I'm sitting in front of them, I'm mad and I'm angry. So now they have to not only come and deal with something that they're not familiar with, but then you're not getting good customer service out of me. And then I can't have that. Oh, wow. So all of that, you know, uh, basically came together and, and, and built this fire up in me to just act on my passion, which was to impact youth, but create my own platform to do it. Now, eventually what that did was led me into my purpose. It took me about a year before my passion led me into my purpose, but because I acted on my passion, it led me into my purpose and then we're still building from here. And when I say that, I acted on the passion to impact youth, but the purpose was to do it in the way that I'm doing it now. Work with the school systems, work with the youth organizations, do the speaking, do the workshops, do the sessions, eventually right. do the programs right. and the curriculum and utilize the book to get that across. So, and, and con continue to be a volunteer and continue to be a mentor. Cause I mentor through big brother, big sister and through various other platforms unofficial just by being there. Yeah. So, it was really a thing of me acting on my passion and it led me into my purpose, but it was certain signs. Then I also got to consider, I had to consider I'm not married. I didn't have any children. Mm -hmm. So I was self-dependent. So it was like, okay, I got to make this happen right now, if ever, before I come across and, uh, or before I have to have certain other certain responsibilities right. Right. that right. could prevent that. So, you know, there's always, uh, lessons to be learned in the journey. I wouldn't, recommend that everyone uh, explores and does it that way. You just have to figure out mm -hmm. how you want to do it. And you got to really look at, like we talk about it on, on other calls, uh, you got to look at that job as an investment. Right. And right. if you're truly passionate about what you're doing with work, then you can use that as an investment for a long time mm -hmm. to, to put into mm -hmm. your, your other passion. But for me, yeah, it was just, it was time to make a move. And uh, I made, the move strictly based on my passion and led me into my purpose. I love if that. that wasn't, if that wasn't too much. No, no, no. That's exactly what we want because you know um, what it brings me to next is your hashtag moving hope. And you know, that's all over your social media, you know, and, yeah. and there's so many people who want to play basketball because LeBron plays basketball at a high level. There's so many students who want to motivate like Blake does, you know, Blake motivates is literally everywhere. You know, I think you're at, um, what 7,500 IG followers. So people are seeing this, people are engaging. And, and if you are not engaging with Blake Motivates on IG, head over to his IG. Not only will he give you practical steps to help students, parents, and uh, administrators prepare to transition high school students 
into school, but if you're already in school and there's some FAFSA information that you need, uh, Blake motivates and his transition platform is a platform for you. Now, now Blake, what I want to dig deep is, you know, again, the hashtag moving hope and this movement. My first question will be is, what does this mean to you? But then back to what you touched on earlier, you know, so many people want to do what you do, but they didn't understand the story you just brought us through. So I'd like you to talk to them as well. Yeah, well, okay, so that's two questions. I got the moving hope part, so uh, repeat the second part of the question for me. The second question is, so many people want to be the person who gets to move hope, but Uh they didn't understand the journey that you just shared with us. Yeah, so moving hope has two parts. Um, I'm heavily inspired by uh, President Barack Obama, Mm. and he had his platform to move, uh, to, to, to instill hope into the people. Right. And the audacity of hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I loved that. Uh, the other part was uh, a little bit more uh, as a part of my background. So in high school, I sold drugs. Mm. Uh, I, I sold marijuana for um, an extended period of time, probably during my, my junior year in high school mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, and a little bit during my sophomore year in high school. Uh, I saw some things in my life. Uh, so for example, one of my, uh, so he was kind of like my brother-in-law, but him and my sister wasn't married. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw him go through a drug bus and I was the only other person there. And it was, I mean, it's crazy situation. Um, and dealing with seeing some of my boys get dragged out of school. They, they had a, a, a situation one day where I was one of the persons selling uh, illegal drugs on campus and somebody uh, told on us, and they ended up pulling everybody out of class and searching people. But somebody had told me before my mm. class period started that, hey, they looking for y'all. So I got rid of everything I had on me. And I was blessed enough not to get caught into that. But I saw that and certain things made me move away from that lifestyle. Because I right. saw the consequences. I saw my boys getting taken out of school in handcuffs while we were yeah. in high school. Yeah. I saw my uh, brother-in-law uh, get locked up by the feds for selling cocaine, you know, Get got caught with three keys of dope. So it was a hustler's mentality. Once again, like I said, I mm-hmm. feel like that generation above dropped the ball because it was a negative thing. But one thing I got from that generation was the hustler mentality. Right. But it was always to move dope, mm-hmm. not move hope. Mm-hmm. So I said, once I got into this and I got the books and I was like, it's the same hustler mentality. I got to move the books. And then one day I was like, yeah, I got to move this like dope. And it was like, I got, but I'm moving hope. Oh, wow. And wow. and then I hashed, I was like, moving hope, moving hope. And every day from there, it was like moving hope because it was like, you got to take that same mentality, but put it towards something positive. Going right. back to what I said earlier, that same thing that they taught me, I want to teach the next generation that, yeah, have that hustling ambition, put it towards something positive. Right. If you can, if you can get out here and you can sell weed, then you can get out here and you can sell anything. Come on. And you can sell something positive. So it's the same thing. And it was more so about the mindset. You know, so many uh, of the kids that I talk to, they see the same things that I saw, mm. you know, from different people in their families. They see their cousin hustling, they see them doing things and doing illegal things. And they like, okay, if I don't make it playing football, then that's what I'm going to do. Right. No, right. you can act on your passion. You like to dress, you like to throw on the fly clothes. Maybe yeah. you might be in the fashion. Maybe you might create that next apparel line, but you got to take that same mindset that you have to really hustle and put it into something positive. So it came from, just okay. I love the, the 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 whole idea of moving hope, and I seen how people got behind that. And as a country, 
we made a decision that uh, was a historic decision mm-hmm. based on the idea of hope. Yeah. And then also just the mindset of moving hope coming from that background and understanding that you can take that same energy and you can put it into something else. So that's why I started it. Not too many people know that, but it's the, it's the, it's the whole idea of just being a hustler and really moving it using something positive. Right. Right. And I think you answered the second question, just showcasing the mindset and the embodiment of what make, what makes Blake motivate so unique and why so many people are embracing the movement now. And and just to add on to that, like if you want to do it, you have to be attached and be able to build a connection with your audience. Mm. So I'm extremely passionate about impacting youth. But the reason I dress the way I do is not just to be comfortable when I go speak, but I understand that when I go in, these students, they'll relate to me in a certain way. And I can still do that. I'm not forcing it. I'm not too old. You know, I'm, I'm not too far removed from the language. The language barriers is not that big of a difference. But you have to learn how to build a connection with your audience to be able to. So my audience responds to Moving Hope on various different levels. So be aware of who your audience is and then be aware of what it would take to connect with them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, I love that you broke that down because there are people who are trying to copy your movement, but they don't understand the passion. And even as you talked about the, the discipline and character to connect with people, because you're truly trying to change lives and switch trajectories, much like you experienced in your own life. Yeah, definitely. Um, you have to be, that's back to the passion. Um, if you want to make any type of decision, you know, you have to have something backing that up Yeah. with their foundation. I speak about the foundation keys when I go in and I speak to students. The foundation keys is also the second section of my book. Without that foundation, then you're not going to be successful, period. Same thing with this attaching yourself to wanting to inspire people. You can say all day you want to inspire people. But what you have to do is logically thinking. So let's just say speakers. If you want to speak, and you want to get into this game of training people, you got to have a lane. Mm-hmm. You got to have a certain level of expertise. Motivation mm-hmm. is going to run out at a certain point. At a certain point, then you have to realize, okay, what am I skilled at, Blake? I'm a former higher education professional. I worked in financial aid for four years. This guy that won the pitch battle today that I mentioned earlier, he won $5,000. He started his speech with, how many of you all are in loan debt? Everybody in the room, who's everybody is 10 went up. And if you mm-hmm. didn't, uh, associate yourself with, I mean, if you didn't have loan debt, then you knew someone right. who you uh, associated with that does have it. Right. So his company was to help decrease debt, but he identified a large problem. Mm-hmm. So what I've done is I've identified not only my passion to impact youth, but then what's my skill? My skill comes from me working in financial aid for four years and then continuing to do it. So I've put in 10,000 hours, put right. in 8,500 hours working in the professional job and I've put in more as I've transitioned into the next level. So I'm an expert in that field when you ask me, why do I put myself, why, why am I able to help students transition? Not only right. from my experience as a student, but my experience as a higher education professional, but I found that lane. So as I continue to grow and I continue to mature in my business and open up different avenues to work with schools, it's gonna be based on my particular skill. Yeah. It's gonna be yeah. based on the lane that I'm able to dominate and sometimes you have to really, really, really tap into, okay, what's your skill to combine that with that passion? And for example, with a speaker, you know, that'll help you find a different lane 
and then you can help and then you can dominate from there because right. um the motivation is only going to last for so long and there's only so many people that can continue to do that and motivate people without being able to truly you know add value to them in another way yeah yeah and well you know i just want to mention this right now you know one of the things we were talking about earlier is that um in 2018 and even before you're doubling down in your uh, commitment to coach formally coach others and i know yeah. at times uh, people don't know how to formally reach out to you to start that process. I'd love for you to just take some time and, and tell people how to connect with you specifically if they want to to learn ag again how to find their niche, um, how to develop their character, and and how to stay consistent when that motivation does run out. Definitely. So uh, last year in 2016, I started the Transition U platform. And the Transition You platform was geared towards helping visionaries, regardless of age, visionaries, someone who has a vision, helping them transition to the next level. What I really want to help people do is be accountable to the dreams that you say you want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. So with the Transition You platform um, during that time, I really wanted to step back and focus on dominate my lane once again with the youth and continuing to make myself an expert. So now it's time to jump back out here. And pushing the culture forward, that's not only about inspiring you that's inspiring my peers and then the others who need this information that i have access to so i want to start the coaching program back up and then giving that opportunity to those young entrepreneurs those visionaries to work with me and get some of the jewels that i've gotten from working with my coach kendall fickling and working with uh the great grindation community and him getting the jewels that he's gotten over the years from working with et the hip-hop preacher eric thomas dr eric thomas mm -hmm. and really being able to funnel that back into the community there's so much that these guys um, have uh, as far as like information and in, in gems, not right. just based on him, for example, Kendall getting it from ET. It's just life experiences, yeah. you know, and then dealing yeah. with it in business and for every level that you transition to. So what I want to do is for anybody that's looking at, okay, how can I put myself in a position to inspire the next generation or write books or really, you know, just continue to grow personally. I want to be that accountability coach that's there for you and continue to help you. So uh, you can reach out to me through all of my social media platforms and also through my website, blakemotivates.com. And I'm always uh, able to, you can always access me through email. If you go on my Instagram, my email is there, but it's info at blakemotivates.com. So if you reach out, man, and you want that coaching, what I'll do is I can definitely work with you one-on-one, -on -one, then I can give you access to the Grindation community, which is a community of people who's not only focusing on business, but personal development. And you need that. If you really want to continue to be successful, you have to hold yourself on a higher standard. And the way you can do that is by putting yourself around people that are also focused on some of the same things you're focused on. But you got to put yourself in a position to be coachable. And I know that because I didn't make the transition until I made that decision to mm -hmm. be coachable. And I made the investment, not in anybody else, but I made the investment in myself. I didn't right. make the investment in Kindle. I made the investment in myself. Once I made that investment in myself, then I started to see the changes. I started to develop the mindset. I started to move forward in the business. Before I got with him, his question was, okay, you're an entrepreneur? And I said, yeah. He was like, well, tell me how you're making money. Mm. And I couldn't really answer that question. I couldn't really give him the, 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 okay, yeah, I'm doing it this way and I'm doing it that way. And then from there, it was growth. Once again, not only business-wise, but personal, personal development, personal yeah. development as a man. So that coaching is so critical and I want to be able to help the 
the generation, new generation of visionaries and entrepreneurs get to that next level. Right, right. And I think that was so important for you to just take some time and let the uh, listeners and the community know how to connect with you specifically for coaching, because I think at times we take for granted that learning should never stop. And when you need to specialize, you need someone who has walked a bit further than you to give you what they've learned about navigating the same roads and, and getting yeah. some hard things done consistently. Now, now I want to take some time to, uh, you know, shout out uh, Prairie, Prairie View A&M and just let you talk about your experiences there. You, you did your undergrad there. You did, you know, your, your master's degree there. You, you pledged fraternity there. And that truly was a foundational point of life change for for, for Blake Simon and the, the Moving Hope movement and, and Blake motivates the brand. So just yeah. take some time to walk us through why it was such a transformational place for you and, and talk a bit about um, HBCU life and also frat life. Yeah, so basically uh, with, I love Prairie View A&M University dearly. Um, Prairie View changed my life. Uh, before I went to Prairie View, I was stuck into that cycle, that vicious cycle of the young black man that graduates from high school, that was an athlete in high school, or that thought you was an athlete in high school, never really put in the, the work that I needed to to get to the next level or to get a scholarship. So then you graduate and then it's like, what you gonna do? So I sat there for a year and a half. And when I made the transition to Prairie View, it was one of the greatest things that ever happened to me. When I stepped on campus, I remember every Tuesday I saw brothers dressed in suits. I saw everybody dressed up for Business Tuesday. Never really saw that in high school unless it was for prom or we going to a dance, you know, you don't really see people dressing up. And then I saw the responses that you get. I used to love the ladies. I still love the ladies, but in college, you know, it's, I mean, that's a, you know, we were out, it was about 11 to one. So you'll see the reaction that the ladies would give to the fellas that's dressed up, you know, that's, that's presenting themselves in a different way rather than just going to class and putting on the t-shirt and the, and, and the sweats. Then I had a professor my second semester who said, you're not even getting in my class like that. Mm. Fellas, if you come in here with a tank top on, you're not getting in class. Ladies, if you try to come in here with a hair wrap, you're not getting in class. If you're going to be late and I haven't gotten an email from you indicating why you're going to be late, then you're not getting in my class. And you will get an absentee and three will cause you to fail the course. And he said, I'm treating you like this because that's how, that's how it is at a job. So for me, um, I did criminal justice. Once again, I wouldn't advise anybody to do this, but all I did was just pick the major that my cousin told me it was easy whenever he got his basketball scholarship. And what I did was I didn't make that transition efficiently once again, which is why I'm extremely passionate about helping students make the transition efficiently because yeah. you shouldn't use loan money just to go pay for an experience. That's crazy. And that was something that I did because I didn't really understand what I wanted to do. I was just going. So I have to maximize that experience now that I got, but that experience was the main thing that I got. Um, as far as like the social life, the, the fraternity life, for me, I got the, the interest for fraternities came during that time. Um, I didn't uh, know anything about it prior to, and all I did know was that's something I probably won't do. I'm not interested in people telling me what to do. I'm not interested mm -hmm. in uh, the, the culture that I thought it was. A, everything that I thought that I associated with that lifestyle, I was like, that's not me. So eventually um, I made that transition into college and by the end of my first semester, I was interested. And I knew what particular fraternity I was interested in based on the presence that I saw of those men on campus. Mm -hmm. I saw that the SGA president was 
uh, Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. I saw that Mr. Prairie View and M University was Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. I saw that the men in leadership positions, a, a large amount, a large number of them was in this particular fraternity. And I was like, hey, that's me. That's me. I'm a leader. So that's the fraternity that I would see myself interested in. And then lo and behold, when I started to study the history, I was like, okay, they're the first, you know, I'm a first type guy. You know, I, I, I started to look at the principles that the seven founders uh, lived by. And then yes. I started what they went through to establish a fraternity uh, going into 1905, going into 1906 to establish that during that time, mm -hmm. not too far removed from racism at Cornell University. That was special. So when you get to diving into it, I was like, man, you know, like that's, that's definitely the one for me. Unfortunately, during my time, um, there was an incident on campus with another fraternity and a young man uh, passed away. Mm -hmm. So they shut down the whole process of Greek life on campus while I was at Prairie View. So I had to go back and uh, do the process in uh, 2013, which was two years after I graduated. So I became a part of a alumni chapter, Epsilon Tau Lambda, much like a lot of people that went to Prairie View with me based on not having that opportunity. And uh, it's unfortunate because so many people had the, the, the social ability to make a change whenever it came to utilizing that platform. Yeah. So yeah. to not have that opportunity, you know, it was all in God's plan, but you know, it's kind of sad because a lot of people still haven't gotten the opportunity, but I was one that was still able, uh, I was able to be connected and then go back and get it done and then utilize that platform going forward. So we have a national program called Go to High School, Go to College. And that's one of my favorite programs because it's focused on the same thing that I'm focused on. Mm -hmm. So uh, definitely with the fraternity life, it can help elevate you, but you have to know how to utilize that platform while you're right. on campus and be socially responsible. Mm -hmm. You got to be socially responsible. Now, HBCU life, I mean, I love the historical black, the historically black colleges and universities across the nation, but especially PVMU. But every student, every person that uh, ever stepped foot on the campus, like you understand the, the, the feel and the environment. You know, it's a different thing. Mm -hmm. um, I never went to a PWR or even a community college. So I don't know that experience, but I know the HBCU experience. And I know that it's a different thing. Yeah. And yeah. you just have to be there to experience it. But the level of care, the level of uh, the, the, the attention that you can get once you apply yourself, the relationships that you can build. You know, it's the difference when you're in a class with 300 people opposed to being in a class with 50 people. Mm. Being able to really build a relationship with a professor going forward and that person being able to write a recommendation for you to get that first job mm. so that you can develop those skills that you need to come build your, other, your own platform. You know, it's something as simple as that. But that comes from me going to my class every day on time at eight o'clock. Yeah. So this person understands that if I write him a recommendation to get a job to show up every day at eight o'clock, he's probably going to do it mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. he's exuded those characteristics in my class. So it's, um, it, was, it was the greatest experience for me up to this point. Um, you just have to do it efficiently. I didn't do it efficiently. Utilizing the loans, uh, putting myself in a position to be in debt whenever I graduated. Mm. That's not doing it efficiently, especially when there's so much free money out here. Mm. That process starts when you're in middle school. I should have been coming out of middle school with the mindset to have a transcript that said all A's freshman year, all A's sophomore year, all A's junior mm. year, all A's senior year. By that time, somebody's going to be giving you a full ride. Right, then any right. grants that you get from the federal government is just extra, and then you shouldn't be using loans. Mm. But I wasn't focused on that, and that's a part of shifting the culture. So it's one thing just to say, hey, go to college or go to HBCU. But no, you don't just need to go. You need to go 
be intentional and do right. it efficiently. You need to look at what careers are generating the most income and then look at, okay, out of those careers, what can I get into based on my passion? Mm-hmm. And then get to the money and start building the foundation and building the legacy and changing the culture. Yeah, yeah, that's as clear as it gets. And I think, you know, for so many, they're definitely gonna be reaching out to you, you know, heading over to your website, heading over to your IG, uh, at Blade Motivates, just to, to, to learn more information or even how to bring you into their schools. I'd like you to just take some time there to just speak to uh, the listeners in the community about what that process looks like so that they don't miss an opportunity to get that information and maybe put that in, you know, that information in front of their middle school or their high school oh, yeah. so that they take advantage of um, the opportunity. So, yeah. So right now I operate off of the transition platform. So the transition platform includes the transition guide and journal and the transition guide and journal encompasses my story, the foundation keys, and then the student success keys. So I also do sessions, talks, programs, and workshops that's based on all of the content that's in that book. Typically, the transition talk, if you bring me in to do an assembly or if you bring me in to do a general talk, I'll come in and do the transition foundation keys. Where I talk about knowing your why. I talk about a different you. I talk about the formula to success, which is taking your mindset away from success being about tangible things, but more about accomplishing goals. I talk about creating your own look, which is about understanding that there's no such thing as luck. You just have to prepare yourself for opportunities when they come your way. I also talk about trust in the process, which is about faith, action, and consistency. So those foundation keys, I tell my story and then I start to relate those foundation keys to different things I've told in my story and then based on where that particular crowd is. So if it's a middle school student, them transitioning into high school. Mm-hmm. If it's high mm-hmm. school students, them transitioning to the next grade or into college. And if it's college students, making that transition outside. And then if it's visionaries, making that transition into whatever lifestyle you want to live. So basically... Um, going in doing the, the workshops will be based on content in the book, but I'll break it down by a particular category. So if you want me to come in and talk about financial aid, I can do that. If I can talk about the campus resources, I'll just break it down based on what's the need for the workshop. And then I have a program where I work for four weeks with your students. Mainly I do that with AVID programs, uh, which is focused on college and career readiness, or I work with college and career readiness programs that's um, implemented in high schools already. So Mm -hmm. if you want to work with me, I can come in and I can do motivational assembly talks. I can come in and um, inspire your students and I can come in and have a more hands-on aspect and really utilize my skill and my training in the financial aid area, in the area of higher education, helping families and students make that transition. A lot of these students, um, they respond to people who uh, can relate to them. If you can build a connection, which is something that I think I have a gift at, then the students respond. And then once you have the attention of the students, that's when you can really shift the culture and push the culture forward. And that's definitely something that I'm able to do um, based on my past experiences. If you look at my IG, I do get the platform to impact a lot of students based on results. When I come in, for example, I worked with Envision, which is a youth platform, and they do summer conferences. Uh, Last year, whenever they brought me in, they did the ratings, and I got the highest rating for all of the speakers that they had throughout the nine-day program and it was a medical conference mm. and I got higher rated than the medical speakers because I built a connection. Right. And that was, man, that was crazy. Cause that was probably one of my most impactful experiences. I had a guy came and I had a great shirt on and he went up my whole shirt crying on my shoulder. And I didn't know why he was crying at first. He just came up to me, started crying. So I just hugged him. And he told me that I made him realize that his dad had sacrificed the last 12 years in the military to mm. make sure that him and his brother has a good life. 
And he said, to, up to today, I had been mad at him because I'm like, why he's never there? But he made, he said, you made me realize that, man, he's making sacrifices. And that was all because I talked about knowing your why and understanding yeah. that your parents are making sacrifices for you. Yeah. So if you come to school every day, that's your only job. Yeah. So why can't you give 100% in that? Because if your parent doesn't give 100% at their job, they probably won't have it. Mm. So they're doing that and making sacrifices for you. So it's only right that you repay them by going to school and giving 100% and then building that legacy, not only for them, but for yourself. So, you know, the, the mindset shift is, is a, a wonderful thing. And I would love to work with anybody, um, any, 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 uh, any students. It's not just about the, the minority students. It's, it's about right. just every student, period, just having that mindset. Because even when you have it, sometimes you can get complacent. Or when you saw your brother be successful, or your sister be successful, you can be complete. But no, you have to live up to that. You got to continue to raise the bar. So it's really about mindset shift. And then furthermore, student success keys. And you can always email me at info at blakemotivates.com. Info at blakemotivates.com. You can DM me. I know some people don't like DMs on Instagram. You can DM me. <laughs> um, but mainly you can go to my website, blakemotivates.com. And you can go to the last page, the booking page. You can complete the form, the speaker inquiry. And then I'll get back with you. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I, you know I, thank you for that story. And I thank you for sharing it because, as you know, you know, many of my listeners are veteran leaders. So I know that story, it touched my heart. I'm pretty sure it's going to touch their heart because the sacrifice they are making for their families and for the country as they serve, you know, and they take the uniform off. And at times, their children, you know, all their children saw was the gap. You weren't yeah. there, you know, and, and I think with your message of moving hope, with your message of the practical ways that they can, you know, uh, take their only job seriously. You know, I think that translates really well, especially for, for this community. You know, and, and also as you shared your story, I started tapping into um, the honor that you received recently, uh, uh, being honored as 40 under 40. And I'd love for you to take some time to talk about that honor and what that meant to you. Um, especially since you shared your start, you shared the hard work, you shared the journey, you shared connecting passion and purpose. And then yeah. in 2017, you know, this, this deep recognition for that hard work. Yeah. So the 40 under 40 award was a uh, special, I expressed my, my love for Prairie View and M university um, earlier. And the award came from Prairie View and M university. And what they did was they acknowledged, the top 40 under 40 for the second time. That was the second class. Mm -hmm. um, they did the first inaugural class in 2016. And it's basically about people that's impacting the community, people that's giving back yeah. to the school and people that's pushing the culture forward in a sense. Mm -hmm. So I was honored to, to, to not only be <clears throat> nominated by someone, but then actually be selected to get the award. Right. I'm very proud of it. But uh, it all comes with the work. You know, it's just about the work. You just got to really dedicate yourself for the work. Cause I don't do it for an award. Right. I, don't, I wasn't, uh, not one time when I was speaking, I was like, man, I got to come in and deliver this speech to get this 40 under 40 award. Mm -hmm. You know, I got to come in and I got to push the culture forward and I got to do what I got to do and basically do my part. And then from that, you'll get rewarded. So, I mean, it's a special thing for me, but it's just, a, a, it just signifies that I'm doing my work and I'm doing my part. And I want to continue to get more awards, not because I want them, but because I need me to continue to do my part. Yeah. You know, if I'm, I'm doing my part, then that's when those things come, you know? So I love it. Um, I love what it signifies because I'm competitive and I mm -hmm. love to 
five. Like I love to achieve things. I love to compete. I love to win. I love to learn. Yeah. But you got to be putting in the work. You don't learn or, or take losses. If somebody say, I don't say take losses. I say you learn. You don't take losses if you don't shoot your shot. If you don't play the game. You don't win unless you, unless you play the game. So you got to really get out here and do your part. And then things like that will come. But um, very special moment. Actually, this upcoming Saturday, Saturday we're shooting videos with the school. Mm. Um, and they're putting out video series for all of the recipients of the 2017 class. So be on the lookout. Follow me and be on the lookout for those videos in the upcoming month. Um, but it's a special thing, not only because it's a 40 under 40 award, but because it came from Prairie View A&M University, yep. which is, once again, a university that changed my life um, based on the experience that it offered me. So a uh, yep. very special moment. Um, definitely one of my highest moments of 2017. I love that. And I love that you took the time to, you know, just say your thank yous, but also make it clear that you were committed to doing the work before the recognition came. I think that's super, super important. You know? Definitely. Um, you have to, you have to be. And uh, there are some people that get in it for different reasons. And when I say it, depending on whatever it is you want to do, some people mm-hmm. get in it for the money. Um, some people get in, uh, for the passion, but you have to be rooted deeply into really caring about whatever audience it is or whoever it is you're trying to impact and uh, not care about those tangible things. Much like I said, when I speak to the students uh, and telling them that success is not about tangible things, not about the shoes you wear. Right. It's not about, it's not, excuse me, it's not about the clothes that you have on. It's really about, you know, you accomplishing the goals that you set out to accomplish. And then that's where the success comes. Right, 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 man! Wow, 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 wow! I, I know you. I know you have shared with me over and over that this is what you were made to do. But hearing you speak and hearing your passion for the work, um, it's it's so transformational. You know, um, I have twenty four nieces and nephews, so I'm always excited about people who are helping to equip their future as well. You know, outside of the family. So thank you for what you do. Now, I, I wanted to talk about posts I read on your Facebook page as I prepared for this interview. And, you know, it reads, I tell them everything I wish someone would have told me. As an experienced higher ed professional, former student, and a man of the culture, it's my responsibility. You know, and, and you've, I think you've highlighted that the whole uh, conversation, but I want you to take one more time to tell us about the transition platform. And deeply for maybe some, some people jumped on the live a bit late or, you know, they just listened to this part of the interview. Tell gotcha. us why that transition platform exists. Yeah. Once again, when I say the word, my responsibility, um, just dating back to the people who I had to look up to, there were five to 10 years older than me. Um, a lot of those influences uh, showed us how to hustle and how to get it, but it was in negative ways. So really I wanted to take that, same hustle and same influence that they had and the influence that I have on the next generation and give it to them as something positive. So the transition platform with me utilizing my skills as a former financial aid counselor and higher education professional and as a student came as a result of me really wanting to impact the youth and then combine those skills to impact the youth. I mean those skills to impact youth through financial aid and higher education and then that passion and then figure out a way to give it to the students and give it to the the culture in a way that I can move forward as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So the transition platform is really about helping students transition to the next level. And that students from middle school to high school, to high school to college, and then college to the next phase. And then from whatever phase you are in right now to the next phase after that. 
And the uh, responsibility part just comes from you really tapping into what it is that you have a gift for. And once you find out what's your gift, mm-hmm, then feed mm-hmm. that into the culture. And that's if you really care. You know, we're not telling mm-hmm. everybody. That's like every athlete doesn't have to speak out on social injustice. Right. But you have a platform to do it. Right. So if you have a gift and you have a skill, I mean, you don't have to use it. But you have the platform to use it, so why wouldn't you? Mm. And then when you do that, you got to figure out how to, um, you know, make the best life for yourself. And when yeah. I say that, I mean a legacy. You got to figure out how to create a legacy and change and shift the culture yourself and your own family, your own uh, upbringing of your kids and, and, and have be that father that you didn't have. Wow. Rather than looking at it as a negative and saying, okay, I don't have to be there because I didn't have one. You know, so you have to really transition your mindset based on your experiences and then based on your skills. And that's what the transition is about on all levels. If you're a high school student, I always tell them you have something that you can offer to a middle school student Mm -hmm. because you've made that transition, whether it's good or or bad. You if it's if you went through certain things that was negative, then you have something to tell them, hey, went through that. I should you shouldn't do that. And I know that because I did it. Or if you went through a few things, if you went through something that was positive, hey, I did this and it worked for me. I would suggest that you do that. Yeah. We all have that uh, responsibility that's there. It's a matter of if you want to do it. Then that comes back to the passion. Man, I love that. Man, I, and I think you just have this knack of making it so practical. I'm watching people respond on you know, the live and they're just loving, you know, your words of wisdom and just the truth of it. Like, like it's very practical, you know, use your experience, give back, push the culture forward and just take the, take the responsibility that you do have. Now you are someone who believes in coaching. You're someone who believes in uh, being mentored and, you know, I'll touch on two things that I know. Um, Recently, Dr. Thomas, uh, E.T. the Hip Hop Preacher, he shouted you out on his IG Live. You yeah. know, um, yeah. I think you were uh, being a brand ambassador for one of his uh, T-shirts. And, you know, and then I saw a picture of you, Dr. Thomas, and uh, Kendall Thicklin. So you really surround yourself with people who can challenge you to be your best self and also consistently um, be reminded that doing the work is possible, the levels are, are possible, and you can truly you know, grow not just the brand, but your influence to the levels that they have grown their influence. Um, yes. You know, I, I'd love for you to talk a bit about mentorship, coaching, and then just what those two individuals has meant to your life. Yeah, man. Um, so, I mean, it starts, let me make sure I get this, don't want my phone to die. So uh, starting with the, 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 the my coach, Kendall, mm-hmm. um, there we go. Kendall changed my life. Uh, Kendall really slid in my DMs. Um, <laughs> he actually was aggressive and, and came and found me. So Kendall really changed my life and changed the way I operate. Mm-hmm. And initially, I wasn't with the coaching. I wasn't a person that was... Um, of the mindset that you should pay somebody to mentor you. Mm. But mentoring is different from coaching. If you're getting coached, you're paying, professional, you're paying for a professional service. Mm-hmm. You're becoming a client. A mentor is pretty much on the lower level whenever you're coming through life and you just need somebody to just give you advice every now and then. I needed mm-hmm. more than advice. I needed personal. I needed business. I needed development. So they, now going further back uh, with the Eric Thomas, Dr. Eric Thomas uh, 
a lot of people's familiar with him. So the, this, the way this all happened was I kind of found Kendall before he found me, but mm. approached me before I approached him. The only reason I found him is because I found Dr. Eric Thomas. Mm -hmm. And I saw one of his popular speeches where uh, he was dealing with, uh, uh, he was speaking at a school and I guess the, the, the students continued to talk while he was talking yeah. and then he went off. Yeah. And he was letting them know like, hey, you got, other, you got people that come into your city. They don't, they don't take the time to come here. Right. And, and the way he was speaking, I was like, man, I could, I could do that too. Hmm. And I could have that same type of impact Right. So immediately, that was in March of 2015, and immediately, I, 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 so, I'm, uh, so my, I don't do a lot of praying for specific things. Mm -hmm. I do, I pray for, I pray for, for health, mm -hmm. and I pray for wealth, and I pray for, I pray for the same things typically every day. But that day, I was like, man, put me in, I need to get in, I need to get in that circle. Oh, wow. I need to get in that circle. And I started uh, really researching ETA. I kind of saw that, okay, I, I quickly on my own, I was like, okay, I see CJ. I kind of, I see that piece. Mm -hmm. I see Carl, I see, that, I see that piece. I see E, okay, I said, oh, they got a three-headed monster going on. Oh, they got ET Consult, they got ET Publishing, they got ETA Music. I was, I was looking at the, the platform in the, in the blueprint, but I was saying I wanted to build that, but didn't have no way to build it because I wasn't in communication with somebody that was doing it themselves. Right. right. And then, man, maybe about a month later, that's when Kendall reached out to me and he was like, hey, I see you out here speaking to student. Let me help you get to the next level. Mm -hmm. I was like, nah, I'm good. Reached back out to me and said, same thing. And he was like, I'm going to give you a consultation, free consultation. I was like, well, I ain't going to turn down no free game. Let's mm -hmm. talk. And within five minutes of that conversation, I was like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm in. But I wasn't in because I still wasn't willing to make the payment. And mm. about a week later, so I talked to one of my boys about it. Um, about, about a week later, which was Memorial Day weekend, he ran a special. And uh, I like specials. And my <laughs> boy was like, hey, you know that dude, that, that guy that you spoke about, hey, he, he, he running a special. I was like, for real? I was like, I'm going, and that's a sign. Let me make the investment. Mm -hmm. And I jumped in, and it was a game changer because within the first five minutes of the conversation, he gave me keys that helped change my life to this day. And uh, so being in that circle and being influenced around, I mean, being influenced by people who do what it is you want to do is a game changer. And if you really want to get to the next level, at some point you have to make an investment. Yeah. And you can't look at it as you making an investment in somebody else. You're making an investment in yourself. Right. If you're not willing to make an investment in yourself, then you're not willing to get to the next level. Okay, so I'm gonna sub that up. Chasing the dream with only a mentor means you're gonna hit a pothole and you're just yeah. gonna get stuck. But when you have a coach and when you're around circles of influence that have done what you've done and have been where you decided that you want to take your life, yes. that's how you shift to the next level. And I, I want you to, I want you to Blake motivate style, remind people that that next level might require an investment because I'm, I'm watching people respond to you on the live and some might be on the fence. They, they don't know that, yes, the right voice can change your life. Something I believe is that uh, faith comes by hearing. You know, I've been to war. So I know when that person says, get back in the truck right before you hit an IED, that matter. You know, yeah. and I think for some people, they don't understand that it's, it's just as important to have someone say, 
don't make that business move right now or don't yeah. quit that job right now or you know now it's time to leave that job and do this full time so so please take some more time with that so with the investment part i want to be clear yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so definitely um it's i mean it's it's critical to if if you're willing to go and buy some shoes to make your appearance look better mm. And you say you want to do business and you're not willing to invest in yourself to make your business better, then it's it's something wrong with that part. Mm. You know, so it's kind of, so I sacrificed everything. I left my job, I sacrificed everything. I had I had the bread put away, the money put away to survive for a year. Oh, we've been past that year. And I'm still on the mission. Mm. I'm still on my post. You're not gonna knock me off. And that's because I made the investment to get into that mindset. Not just to get the business information, not just to get the, the, the personal information, but to get the mindset that I needed to continue because yeah. it's going to pay off. Yeah. Had I not made that investment to get this mindset, and I'm talking about I already been a killer. Mm. I already had that kill mentality. I already had that competitive nature. And I'm talking about being in the community of killers. Because mm. one thing I get in addition to coaching, I get a community. I'm not just a part of a, uh, I'm not just, I just just don't have somebody who I can contact just for coaching. I got somebody who I can contact that's allowed me to be a part of a community. So that's a big difference. You can get coaching, but even the the community is game changing. You're getting around like-minded people. We mentioned it earlier. I'm in the Grindation community. And with coaching with me, you'll get access to the Grindation community. Mm -hmm. Or just get in the Grindation community. You can definitely, um, you can definitely put yourself in a position to do more when you make that investment. Yeah. And if you don't make the investment, it's basically saying that you don't want to take yourself to the next level. So I yeah. think that it's critical, but it's kind of like the mindset of uh, counseling in our community. Mm-hmm. Not too many people will go sit down and speak to a counselor. Because one, they think it's crazy, and because two, they're not gonna pay for it. Mm. Uh, me, I was like, man, coaching, that's crazy. Two, I'm not gonna pay for it. Yeah. So yeah. what I did was I just shifted the mind and did something that I had never done before. In order to be successful again, you gotta make yourself uncomfortable. When I quit that job, it made me uncomfortable. Right. So you gotta make yourself uncomfortable and do something that you've never done before because that's what's gonna help you get to the next level. And oftentimes, you know, it seems foreign. Mm-hmm. to pay somebody to do coaching or to make that type of investment. But that's what you need to do sometimes to get to the next level. Yeah. And I love that. And I love that you just, you know, again, took the time to break it down to, to uh, truly talk about how it changed and shifted your life, but more importantly, talk community. You mentioned Grindation and I know you can reach um, a Grindation at Grindation.com or head over, yeah. you know, to BlakeMotivates.com and, and, you know, just reach out to, to Blake there. And I think you mentioned a couple of times, info at BlakeMotivates.com. That's yeah. how we get in contact with you. That's how we learn more about the transition platform, your coaching program. But more importantly, that's how we um, follow your work and continue to uh, stay consistent with um, the brand of Moving Hope. Now, as we close, you know, I just want to, you know, again, take the time to let our listeners know, uh, um, Blake, we are so thankful that you took the time to speak with us. This is Blake Simon of BlakeMotivates.com. You know, he shared his journey. He shared about the transition platform. You know, he, he wants to empower excellence, but he, the way he's doing it is in a relatable, 
connected way. And he's not talking at you. He's walking with you. And, and if you listen to the stories he shared, if you listen to, you know, why this is so important for him, because he, he knew that if he didn't look back and give back, if he didn't look back and pave a way that so many people who has the same heart for more like he did, might not have the bridge to walk over yeah. like he did. So Blake, we want to thank you for that. But I want you to, you know, just take some time, shout out all your platforms. And um, I would love for you to hold your book up on the screen. So when we, you know, put the video out, now Blake is a three-time author. Is there a book coming out this year or uh, it's until this one sells out? Um, so that's the, to be determined. So I'll base the newer editions of the book based on how much more value I can add. Okay. So over the span of this next four months dealing with the school systems, if I see that there's something that should be added that's going to be of true value, then I'll do another edition. I don't want to just get in the habit of just doing them just to do it right? Um, and making it sound good and, and making it look good. But I want it to be of value. And if mm -hmm. I get these uh, products out, I'm continuing to grow. You know, I'm continuing to grow. So, you know, this, the, the products are going to continue to grow. But whenever I release another one, I want to see growth. Absolutely. I don't want to just see uh, uh, just a new product just to say, okay, now I'm a four-time author. Yeah. So just making sure that I can add value to people um, and making sure that the content is, is worthy of what I want to do with it, which is get it in the hands of every student. I just have to draw worthy content. So I'm continuing to learn. I'm continuing to... Uh, master this self-publishing game mm -hmm. and learning how to do this myself and, and put it out here and be able to add value to people. So once again, the platforms, um, Blake motivates on everything. Blake motivates. That's Blake motivates with an S. You can find me on Instagram. You can definitely find me on uh, Twitter. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, I am on LinkedIn, Blake Seymour, uh, often pronounced as Simon and anywhere else outside of t uh, Louisiana. <laughs> um, that's S-I-M-O-N. You can find me on there. And uh, let's connect. I'm definitely on Instagram more. I think I'm at about 9,148 followers, I believe, on Instagram. And my goal is to get to 10,000. I want to get there quick. I want to be able to leverage the platform to work with more schools and impact more youths and more communities. But follow me on Blake. Uh, at Blake Motivates on Instagram, IG, the business page, Blake Motivates on Facebook, uh, Twitter. Uh, the IG, the Instagram is the most important thing for me right now, but I'm on all of those platforms. BlakeMotivates.com is the website. You can also, I'm forgetting one main one, check out my YouTube. If you want to see me speak, look at the YouTube. It's definitely Blake Motivates. Um, and I have video clips on me, uh, video clips of, of me speaking on there, one minute clips, two minute clips, three minute clips. And then I have a very special video that I put together at the end of last semester, just answering general financial aid questions, uh, financial aid frequently asked questions, mm -hmm. just kind of giving students value, giving them something that they can refer to that'll break down those different parts of the financial aid process and um, kind of helping them with that. And if you need and if you need assistance, if you have questions about the fast for the financial aid process, drop a comment on a post, DM me, email me. I definitely share my level of expertise with the students. Um, listen, listen, let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Absolutely. So students, parents, teachers, administrators, BlakeMotivates.com. I need you to connect with him. Let's get him up to fifteen thousand. 
uh, followers on Instagram. So tell a friend to tell a friend and, and, and follow Blake. Um, Blake, thank you for uh, just sharing the process. Thank you for talking transitions. Thank you for sharing your story and your journey and anything we can do to help you continue to do the work. You Before you close it out, I want to make sure that I give thanks to you um, in creating the platform and continue to do what you do. Uh, you're definitely a motivation whenever it comes to uh, being precise and having that discipline. One of the things Thank I've you. lacked uh, in my growth process that I'm working on that I've changed is, is having discipline and patience. Mm. I grew up impatient because I didn't see a lot of patience and, and I wanted things quickly when I wanted them. And, and that's why I didn't put in as much work as I should have to get a scholarship and, and do what I did because I didn't see the bigger picture. All I saw was, okay, maybe if I work hard senior year, that'll work. But no, you got to have patience and you got to put in the work from the beginning. Same thing if you want scholarships. You got to put in not just athletic scholarship, academic. Look, the brain is a muscle, just like your legs are. Mm -hmm. Your legs can get you a scholarship. Your brain can get you one, too. Yeah. One of the things that I've always lacked is patience and I've lacked discipline. So being uh, more connected with you over the past few months has uh, given me the example that I need to just exude more discipline and then practice that. And I've practiced, uh, I did some things, I let some things go in November and I've been solid with it up to this point because mm -hmm. I'm like, hey, if, if, if B, like for example, with the calls, if B can get on the call that I have to be on at 4 a.m. and he can get on and it's 2 a.m. where he's at, then I can make it happen. You know, with minimal excuses, stop all the complaining, stop asking mm -hmm. Coach K if he's, if, he, if he's serious, you know, mm -hmm. stop just throwing out the excuses or looking for that leeway to not make yourself uncomfortable. Because if I can go in and tell students, hey, you gotta make yourself uncomfortable to be successful, then I gotta be able to take my own advice. So yeah. I just uh, continue to be an inspiration to the veterans, using that platform to inspire the veterans and, and uh, listening to that kid that day, he gave me a different perspective on mm. veterans and different perspective on people who serve. Because I had never came across a kid who felt, uh, who gave that much emotion, period. Right. But then his reason yeah. You know, hey, my dad's gone, always gone. And I, I, I he, he was literally like, I just kind of hated him up to this day. Yeah. He was like crying, just, man, now I love him. You Ooh. know, and all of a sudden he had respect for the, and he always, he loved, I was like, man, you know, you always loved your dad. But he had respect. Excuse me. He had respect for that process yeah. all of a sudden. So me being able to like help inspire those types of moments, you know, and then seeing what you do, you know, that like brings it full circle for me. And, you know, I just want to commend you for what you do, because I know that that is that critical. You mentioned it earlier because of your audience. You know, y'all, that gap is something that's important to talk about. So seeing that, yeah. you know, now that made me more conscious of whenever I speak to students that have parents that's in the military, how they might feel. Right. You know, so just seeing that and knowing that you've been through certain things and seen certain things and you're associated with people who experience those things you know with family having to be away from your wife having to be away mm -hmm. from your kids is crucial mm -hmm. so i just commend what you do in creating a platform to just inspire the veterans and give off information and open up avenues for them to connect with different people that may be able to help their kid get through college if they yeah. don't have any more gi bill maybe yeah. they used it on themselves so yeah. now you got to figure out another way to help pay right. for school you know or understanding for certain people that's in certain states how to utilize hazelwood and certain income, uh, that, I mean, certain resources that can help a student pay for school. You know, those things are critical. So you never know who I may be able to connect with and may be able to help them. 
And uh, I just commend you for creating a platform. Appreciate that, Blake. And, and I needed you to say that, so I appreciate you saying that. So veteran leaders, students, parents, teachers, administrators, I need you to connect with, with Blake. BlakeMotivates.com, Blake Motivates on IG. If you need help with paying for school, he should be your first stop, not your second stop, not your third stop, not your third thought, but your first stop. Blake, humbled, thank you. We'll definitely talk soon. Appreciate it, man. Salute.